Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Smoke here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dean Hain, Port of Green Bay Director. Dean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me, Alex. Absolutely. So we're going to be discussing some of the latest figures on Port of Green Bay uh, shipping. So the port recently released some of those numbers showing that economic activity generated by Brown County Port of Green Bay last year Hit a total of two hundred seventeen point three million, so that marks a, a an increase of seventy million just since twenty seventeen. So, hoping you can talk about what this increase really means for the economy of both the region, northeastern Wisconsin, and the state overall. Yeah, so uh, the Port of Green Bay that that's a significant increase, and it demonstrates the strength of northeastern Wisconsin's economy. Um, the port. Uh, typically, not solely, but typically serves the agricultural, construction, and manufacturing industries. Uh, so that's a reflection of their activities. I mean, we're just moving in, uh, you know, raw materials for for those industries. So having a $70 million increase in the last five years is, is significant and um, can be attributed to um, really having more labor involved in the activities that we're doing. So, for instance, the movement of petroleum products has um, a greater uh, impact on uh, on activities rather than um, typical bulk movements of cargoes. Uh, you know, like for instance, like wood pulp takes more forklift drivers and more landside human labor needs than um, you know coal, salt, or limestone. Even though those are still very important, but that's the really the driver behind those numbers. And those numbers. Uh, showed that we increased our employment dependent upon the port direct, indirect and induced by over 300 jobs in the last five years. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to turn to that next, actually, and, and wondering if, um, so, so you mentioned the increase in jobs is related to kind of some of the focus points for the the commodities and products moving through the port. Has the port been, um, or what can you say about the port's growth itself have you been um expanding capacity over that time or are those job jobs being added just a result of those shifts you just mentioned it, it's really related to those shifts alex so we've uh, made a focus years ago to try to diversify the cargo offerings that the port has so we can weather the ups and downs of of different um you know economies um, different industries and that diversification is really the driver because also during this window of time um, you know, coal has decreased in use from over a million tons per year down to less than 200,000. Uh, and we've been able to backfill that with uh, with more diversified cargo offerings, and, and those are driving the, the change. I see. Well, good to know. I uh, also wanted to get your take on a broader trend that... Um, I've focused on somewhat here at WIS Business over the past few years and uh, hoping to get your thoughts on supply chain disruption, specifically um, those that have been kind of a prolonged ripple effect of the pandemic just in the past few years. 
have those supply chain uh, entanglements issues been largely cleared up now? And, and how's the picture looking? Well, it, it continues to change, right? So COVID, we couldn't move products into the U.S. The international cargoes easily, ships were offshore, um, and that created its own dilemma that wasn't really felt. It was felt in northeastern Wisconsin, but not through the port. So the port wasn't seeing containers moving. Um, but but since the pandemic, you know, we have all this stimulus dollars and infrastructure investment, and now you're seeing supply chain challenges on um other types of products. So you got all this construction going on. So when we're trying to build a new port facility, the cost of steel is triple. Um, you know, because you got all this infrastructure money, you got limited contractors, and they're all trying to pull from the same supply chain, you know, the steel, the concrete, asphalt, whatever it might be. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And Dean, you touched on this before, but hoping you can talk a little more about some of the most common products that are being shipped through this port. As you mentioned, um, the port is, of course, serving uh, agriculture, construction industries. What are the the main things that, that come through the port day, to, day by day? Yeah, so we have um, uh, cement and uh, at liquid asphalt for construction. Uh, we bring in limestone for the paper industry, for the agricultural industry. It gets used in a variety of applications. Um, salt for, for canning. Uh, limestone's also for the foundries. We have uh, wood pulp for the paper industry, uh, petroleum products for you and I and everybody else coming in. So we're bringing in diesel and eth uh, gasoline and exporting ethanol. Um, we dabble in uh, gypsum, and I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You know, we have about 14 different uh, commodities that come in. Uh, coal, I had mentioned earlier, uh, is still coming in, although at a reduced um, volume, pig iron. Um, so we have a variety of different cargoes that come in. Gotcha. And do you expect, um, you know, over, over these recent years, we've seen growth in the economic impact of the port and jobs, as you as you um, discussed already. Do you expect to see that growth continue in the coming years? Or is it a result of trends that have already kind of played out? No, I think um, the future is very bright. So as you have increased Congestion and fuel costs, I think you're going to see a movement of more things wanting to move by water because you can move a large allotment of goods by water um, with less fuel. Very green, uh, very safe, um, but not very timely. So when, you know, you need a whole ship to move, you know, you need a whole shipment um, in one move. So I think you'll see more of a, a shift towards the water, especially as you see like the ports of Duluth and Cleveland now having a container service to Northern Europe. Uh, there's opportunities for us as a huge manufacturing um, state to start moving finished goods um, around the Great Lakes to hit those liner services that are going to Europe and, and elsewhere. So I think you're going to see containers uh, pop up and begin moving on the lakes. Um, I think you're going to see uh, other commodities um, emerging on the lakes. And then um, in addition, in, from Green Bay's perspective, I mean, we're looking to build a brand new port terminal. Uh, we're gonna put in you know, upwards of 50, $60 million into this, and that's gonna be for port expansion purposes, which will create new jobs. Um, you know, We don't know who that user is gonna be yet, um, but it, it's coming. And so I think the next five years, you're gonna see uh, even more significant change in our economic impact if uh, if all goes well, you know, you can't 
uh, forecast the future, but um, my gut tells me that um, it's going to be even better than it is today. Yeah, of course. Well, that is great to hear, Dean. And uh, can you share any other details on that uh, port terminal that's going to be added there? Do you have a timeline set for uh, for establishing that? Yeah, so this was a it's a decommissioned power plant. So it was a coal-fired um, power plant. Uh, we had that on our radar for almost a decade. Uh, when they decommissioned it, uh, we made a uh, I took the opportunity to purchase that property. And then we're very blessed with um, the timing of it with all this infrastructure dollars. We were able to, in one year, um, secure $30 million in local, state, and federal dollars uh, for this. We're, we don't have all the money yet, but uh, we're well on our way. I had thought that would be you know, in the neighborhood of five to eight years to put that together. And we did it in, in one year. And, and right now we're doing the engineering and design, uh, working through our permits and uh, getting those in place. And our plan is to um, put out a bid for construction um, this winter, next summer, somewhere on that time frame, depends upon when we can secure the permits and, and start seeing construction possibly late 24 or, or certainly in 25. Terrific. Well, really glad to hear about those ongoing plans, Dean. And just want to say thanks again so much for taking the time to chat with me for the WISP Business Podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. You've been listening to WISP Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.